They say what they can't radio. Welcome to Soul Share, a conversation focused on love, intimacy, vulnerability, and emotional intelligence. This is a different kind of relationship dialogue for those who want to make the shift from the ego-driven to more intimate, spirit-nurturing partnerships that satisfy, because that's what black love is. Black love is powerful. Black love is soulful. Black love is a love that you can feel. Give thanks. Greetings. This is Shoshetta Kepra, the intimacy junkie, and welcome to Soul Share. This evening, I have... Ken Harvey. Yes, my brother. So tonight, we're going to be discussing the Netflix docuseries, Who Killed Malcolm X? And we've already had conversations about this, you and I, Ken. Hours and hours and hours, and I have to stop you from talking to me about it today. And I said, you know what, save it for in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. So what were your takeaways Oh, man. I had a few. Um, I'll say the first one was just his vibe, his energy at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it looked like he was really beat down. And, I mean, it was just sad to see him like that, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, if you only read in the history books or, you know, heard older people say, quotes of Malcolm X, you think of him as this really strong, powerful, you know, like he, there was no stopping him, Mm -hmm. you know, but, and watching it, you got to see the, the humanity and, you know, some of the, the brokenness, you know, the, yeah, it was, it was kind of tough, you know, cause like all the stuff, like we, we talked about it before, right? the facts of it, I already knew. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't like, Something that made me say, oh, my God, like, really? Mm-hmm. But just seeing him at the end, his body language, um, it just kind of, it made me kind of sad, to be honest. Yeah. You know, he like, was so vulnerable and yeah, defeated. He was, he was in a bad space. Yeah. And, you know, I feel a lot of it comes with his upbringing and being an orphan and, you know, going through a rough childhood. Mm-hmm. That when the nation took him in and built him up, he finally felt like he had family. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. he had people who had his back. And that allowed all the positivity and all the leadership and all all the things about him to shine. Mm -hmm. But the same is true is when they removed themselves from him, then you got to see all that vulnerability and the fact that he was lost and he wasn't really as ready as he thought he was and you know like you you got to see the person right 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 you know yeah because um when they did you know the interviews and talking to everybody it's like there was a lot of hero worship when it came to Elijah Muhammad and they really you know made it a point to say that the relationship between Malcolm and Elijah Muhammad was like a father son type of right. thing and then to have your father the person i guess that you would look to as a hero mm-hmm. you know turn their back on you as right. i guess as a man and you know when you're and malcolm was really really young you know for mm-hmm. you know that person that you get guidance from the very thing that you look to your father to 
to give you right. turns their back on you. That must be hard. And you know, especially when you didn't have it before. Yeah. Yeah. See, if, if, if that's the only thing you ever had and then it abandons you, it's difficult, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I was, that was something that stood out to me. Um, Another thing that stood out to me was he probably didn't hang around long enough. Like he, he took a very emotionally immature stance Mm -hmm. that led him to be kind of outcast, you know, like if he had hung around for the, the next lesson, maybe Mm -hmm. because Elijah Muhammad was actually bringing him along slowly. Right. Because I believe that, Elijah Muhammad saw in Malcolm what he wished he himself had. So I guess he figured if I could take what I know and implant it in this young man who has the the charisma, he has that voice that people want to follow and install that in him, mm-hmm. he'd be even greater than me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think... Along the way, Malcolm got kind of full of himself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, any, I guess you could say like a father son, you know, like when you're like 16, 17 and you got, you got your chest out a little bit, you know, and dad's like, it ain't just all about that son. You know what I mean? Like, so how come that, uh, situation can't be resolved in, a different like that dynamic can it can it can but i i don't think i think there was two things at play i think one at a certain point elijah muhammad was made probably a little jealous of the spotlight and the attention that malcolm x was getting like it was taking away from his shine Mm -hmm. but i also think that on malcolm's side he wasn't mature enough or ready enough for the step that he thought he wanted to take Mm -hmm. you know so it's like, to me, Malcolm wanted to be that guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just he didn't have the the tactics. He didn't understand the game. He was a great player, mm-hmm. but he didn't understand the game. So I, a question, so I'm going to um, divert for a little bit. Okay. But with you saying that, and, you know, Malcolm X was in, you know, during this time, like his mid to late 30s. Mm-hmm. Like, and you say that he didn't have the emotional intelligence and the emotional maturity. Right. Why is it taking our brother so long to get look at his, that? Look at his beginnings. Look you where know? he started. He didn't start from, like, a level place where, mm-hmm. you know, most other ethnicities, ethnicities would start Mm -hmm. he started as a foster child Mm -hmm. some people in their entire life never get over that one hurdle Mm -hmm. so he started there then on top of that he got into all the other stuff getting locked up and i mean that's really what led him to elijah muhammad the fact that he was in prison Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it wasn't it wasn't fair for him out the starting blocks it wasn't like you know he started off where he got this family and they live in this, you know, house where it's just him and his brother or him and his sister and his parents both have jobs. And, you know, like they're this whole nice family. He started off in a really bad spot. Yeah, because and and that's uh, 
one of the things that I like to focus on with this show is emotional intelligence. And I realized that that is a huge issue, like, you know, within our community that we were very overly emotional and we don't know, you know, how to balance our emotions with, with our, with critical thinking. Right. And so it's, clear that that's what um, Elijah Muhammad's his issue was. It was just, you know, with the incident that happened out in California and it right. was just like when Malcolm wanted to, you know, just retaliate and it was just like, oh, we have to think critically about this. But that, and, that was that was the thing that sparked it. But the turning point was mm-hmm. when Elijah Muhammad told him, don't speak on it. Mm-hmm. It's one thing where you have in your mind the strategy that you want to employ it's another thing when someone's telling you, okay, I understand your strategy and that's in your head, which is fine. Cause you could think just about anything, but you got to control the narrative and the perception, right? So even if you're thinking something crazy, that's where that experience comes in. And he warned him before it even happened. He said, bro, just don't say anything. Don't say nothing positive about, um, actually it was about the, um, the Kennedy assassination. Right. Okay. Not, not about the, um, the Muslim that got killed. Okay. That was, that was, that was another thing too. Mm -hmm. But what I'm talking about is when, um, John F. Kennedy got assassinated, Elijah Muhammad told him, bro, don't say anything positive. Don't say anything negative. Just don't say anything. Don't have anything to say. Mm -hmm. Cause he knew that whatever was said in that moment mattered tremendously because everybody, including enemies and guys who are on their side as well, they were looking to see what his response was going to be. So Elijah Muhammad being a person who already been through it and knew the play, he told him, bro, just don't talk Uh and we'll be fine. What does that sound like? What does that remind you of? I mean, (laughs) that's the thing. He, he just, to me, if he had, um, if he had just relaxed, it's like, it's like us in any other moment. Like sometimes, you know, you'd be in a, in a situation with, Whoever, it could be a family member, a dude on the street. If you just really think about what's at stake instead of just the moment, you'll be fine. But the moment where you overreact or you let your emotions get the best of you, it always turns out bad. And that, well, and to kind of actually, it kind of crosses what was going on with Gail uh, King and Snoop. And And all of these things was happening, you know, the documentary came out Mm -hmm. while... All of this, you know, all of those things was exploding. And I definitely saw the parallels, you know, between, you know, uh, the situations. And it was, you know, when you look at the response of uh, our community to it, Mm -hmm. then you also see the lack of emotional intelligence within our community when even... um, you know, with their stance and the support of Snoop and then how, you know, the people responding to his response, they was taking it even a step further. And I don't know if you saw it um, yesterday, Mm -hmm. uh, the interview with Snoop and at the Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett Smith. But I saw saw, like the preview. Right. So Uh that came out and then that even upset because, you know, now that, that show also centers around, you know, healing and um, emotional intelligence. And, you know, Snoop was very vulnerable and, you know, apologetic about how he mishandled it. Mm-hmm. And the community was even more enraged 
at really? his level of growth and the fact, and they're just like, why is he on this apology tour? Why is he, you know, going off? And it's just like, they couldn't even understand that angered the public even more. And That's then crazy. of course now it becomes, you know, Jada and Gail and all of these women is all, you know, all in cahoots, but you know, that's a whole nother thing, but Man. getting back to the emotional intelligence and, you know, with our, our black men, why is it that when, you know, our black men start to exhibit any level of growth or mm -hmm. any level of maturity that, we ourselves, we can't, we don't, we don't want to support them. It's well, I, I think there's two parts to that. I think the first part is the people who are outraged and who make the most noise mm -hmm. are the ones who don't have it. Because, mm -hmm. you know, like they say, empty barrels make the most absolutely, noise, right? Absolutely. Like the emotional, emotionally mature people don't really have much to say. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Other than, well, it's good that you finally got to that point. Mm -hmm. But emotionally mature people don't really make a lot of noise and there's not really a lot of fuss or, you know what I mean? Like it's really not that dramatic because most of those people are really calm because they got a sense of self. It's all the other people who are still in that space where it's like they're just looking for outrage and looking for something to react to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's those are the people who who would support uh, anyone who's like, oh, why are you apologizing? Well, he's apologizing because he was wrong. Number <laughs> one, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he was wrong for feeling what he felt. Mm -hmm. I feel he was wrong for the words that came out of his mouth mm -hmm. when he was talking about Gail King. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think he should have ever used any of the words he used mm -hmm. to describe her. Mm -hmm. That I think that was totally out of pocket. Like, and I think in hindsight, he realized after he had calmed down, because you, you got to remember, too, at that moment, he was still getting over the loss of Kobe. Mm -hmm. So it's raw emotion. Correct. You know, so I think a lot of people who were supporting him doing that. I mean, they're, they're in the same place. They're just reactive. You know, and I want to get back to Malcolm. So mm -hmm. now when, you know, Malcolm is in that uh, acting out, just being emotional and responding that way, mm -hmm. how come at this point, well, I guess Elijah Muhammad attempted to, you know, impart, you know, wisdom and, you know, elder wisdom when he tried to silence him and, uh, and use other measures. Well, that was the second step. Right. The first step was giving them the advice mm -hmm. when they were still cool. Mm -hmm. Like, bro, just relax. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Don't mm -hmm. say anything. We'll get past this and we'll, we'll get back to, you know, the program. Mm -hmm. But he, he couldn't fight it. Like he, he just gave in. So then the next step was, all right, bro, I'm going to give you this little, this little 90 days. Just chill out. Take it light. Mm -hmm. Don't say anything. And at first he was like, I think he went to Florida first, something like that. And right. he was hanging out down there for a couple of weeks, but. You know, at that time, he, he had so much energy mm -hmm. that he wanted to do something. He wanted to, you know what I mean? And then when he said something, it was just like, man. And I think he knew, too, that at that point that he was just being excommunicated, period. Like, there was no coming back. So how does it, how does it go from, okay, you know, we need to 
that we need to calm him down to now this brother got to die. You know, how, how, how does it get, how does it get from there? I, I, I mean, I mean, you're not a, a member of Nation of Islam. And obviously. I'm not a murderer, either, for the, <laughs> you know, for the record. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Let's point that out. I do not support murder at all. You know, I'm just, we, we're just having a conversation. You <laughs> I'm know, just I mean, saying. It, it, no, I think. Because we, we've also had the conversation before where I told you as, and in general, mm-hmm. and not just in here, but even in relationships, it's like, when a black man feels betrayed, somebody has to die. And sometimes it's like yeah. a lot of times it may be black women in relationships with a black man. It's like when you when it's like they don't know how to respond any other way. It's just like, OK, right. I'm I'm in my feelings right now. I don't know what else to do. So, you know what? Somebody got to die because I'm not dealing with these. Well, let me let me deal with the first question. first. <laughs> now. I believe Elijah Muhammad looked at Malcolm as a key player in the grand scheme of things, but he knew the grand scheme of things. I don't think Malcolm X understood the game on the level Elijah Muhammad did. Mm -hmm. I believe that Elijah Muhammad looked at it like, listen, let's capitalize on the situation. Let's capitalize on the timing. Let's capitalize on the fact that the nation of Islam is growing in leaps and bounds. Like other black men are joining us and we're training and, you know, we're, we're getting to where we need to be. So he was looking at it from a, I'm not willing to invest in this particular battle because I'm trying to win the war. Right. I'm not trying to win this battle in particular. Malcolm seen it as a soldier. Like Elijah, you've been saying for years now, that it's by any means necessary, right? Right, right? So this is our opportunity to, and now I'm talking about not the, not the Kennedy assassination, but about his brother that got murdered in Cali. Mm-hmm. He was looking at that like, well, you've been talking all this talk. Like it's time for action now. Let's get to it. Mm-hmm. And Elijah Muhammad's like, nah, bro, like th- this ain't the time mm-hmm. at all, you know? And Malcolm couldn't see that. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he didn't have, the knowledge of the game to understand it. You can't just knuckle up every time. Like sometimes it takes you seeing the person you got beef with and just walking past them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause you know, ultimately if you want to get them now ain't the time to get them. Cause you could lose too. And I, I think Malcolm had too much of that testosterone type energy that- where he wasn't thinking about, tomorrow he's just thinking about now like let's do what we're gonna do now because i'm angry now and i'm pissed off now and we got the people to do it let's just go get it and wherever the chips fall they fall mm-hmm. and I was, elijah muhammad seeing him as at that point like you're a soldier you're my best soldier but you're mm-hmm. still a soldier and we're still at war so we gotta win this war and i think where it changed was for elijah muhammad when Malcolm started making those comments about him impregnating the young ladies. But that ladies, was the last ditch effort of a desperate man, it seemed like. I agree. You know? but, but how Elijah Muhammad saw that was like, I literally saved your life, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I, I took you from the muck and mire. So now you come to a certain point. Now all of a sudden, like, you turn on me like that nationally, like this is what you're telling people. But 
it's it's it is my dirty laundry, mm-hmm. but it's not for you to air it. Not you. Mm-hmm. Anybody, if anybody else said anything, mm-hmm. fine. But, but you, after his house has been bombed and all of these the, things. I, I believe at this point the, now it's just like you know, it's no mercy. Now. Yeah, it's right. no mercy now. Right. You know, you bombed the house with my kids in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not. You know, you don't get mercy at this point. So, and I, I think, um, but see, even with that, because think about it. That whole time, he was still living for free in the house, right? Like, before it got bombed Mm -hmm. and before the comments, right? Mm -hmm. You as Malcolm X, you don't have a means to support you and your family. The nation is still supporting you. Mm -hmm. You you take a stance now that jeopardizes everything, including your family. So now when they take the house away, you're literally homeless. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't have any in the documentary. It said something like, "Yeah, two hundred fifty dollars." No, less than one hundred and fifty. Something like that. Yeah. Right to his name. Yeah. In total, I'm talking about in total. <laughs> like, that's insane. Yeah. So not so not only clearly, not only did you he didn't even have a plan B, mm-hmm. and and clearly his thoughts and his methods weren't really thought out because you got to say to yourself, if I'm gonna take a stance against somebody who's supporting me, mm-hmm. literally supporting me, like I live in this man's house for free mm-hmm. wouldn't i then say well i'm gonna do some things to stack some bread because i know he's gonna take the house away at least i'll be able to support my family say okay we we're not gonna live in a house we're gonna get this apartment and at least be able to provide in that way so that everything is cool but i guess when you are under the assumption that you're going to be taken care of because if you're looking at elijah muhammad as your father figure i guess you know the, 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 you know like you said you, there's you no mo- to, no mercy now yeah. so both sides are looking that way so for you you got to say how does this affect me and yeah. mine yeah. so you can't just randomly be talking crazy and then when the dude says i he didn't even really well he did bomb his house but outside of that he didn't really do other things from the documentary standpoint to make malcolm's life difficult all he did was just take the house away and that was all that leveled him flat. That's all he did. Well, not all. Like I said, he tried to he tried to kill him, <laughs> and then ultimately, ultimately did kill him. Okay, so but. is is your so you believe that Elijah Muhammad ordered the hit? Because I know some people still believe yeah. that the hit was ordered by you know the CIA. No, nah, I think I think the CIA and other entities were also out to get him. Mm-hmm. It's just that the nation struck first mm-hmm. because when you look in, in that same documentary at the FBI footage, sidebar, what really pissed me off also, because that was your first question, right? The things I took away from it. Yeah. When they said that they had 10 informants planted in the room, not in total, mm-hmm. just in the room when he got killed. Mm-hmm. That's insane to me. Like, they infiltrated that organization so easily. And why are we as people so easily infiltrated to where like exactly. one of the greatest leaders in American history mm-hmm. can so easily be compromised? I mean, but you, but you, when they spoke to, when they spoke to one of them, um, the one that actually gave him a mouth to mouth, I forget the, the brother's the name. dude that was an office, but, but see, he wasn't an informant. He was a plant. I'm not talking about the dudes that are working for the FBI. I'm talking about the the regular brothers 
that you see who are a member of the mosque who's who's giving information to the FBI. They don't necessarily work for them, but they give them information. So I don't know what the exchange was for, if it was for money or if it was for dropping a charge they had. Because, you know, like it, it can go however way. Right. But outside of the guy who was the actual officer who was a plant – Mm-hmm. Kind of like a Donnie Brasco, mm-hmm. who you you couldn't believe. Like, yo, this dude's a cop. <laughs> Outside of him, they they had ten. Am I right, bro? Was it ten? Oh, uh, nine. Yeah, yeah, nine. I think you said nine. I thought it was yeah. ten, but either way, that's in. To me, that's that's incredible. But you don't. But you don't. But you don't. Why is that incredible? Because you know we will sell out each other. You know yeah, what but, I mean? But isn't that what? the purpose of the organization is yeah but then so then what like then what's the point (laughs) you know what i mean like what is what is the purpose then but then at that a lot of the members of the nation of islam were guys who were formerly incarcerated so now it's like they i mean they don't really have much integrity when you come to when you come to think about it and that's why so many things was able to happen the, the way they allowed these innocent men to go to jail is because these weren't men of integrity to begin with. Do you think that's? That's fair, but I just assumed, which I, I shouldn't have, that, you know, since they come from that place and they're now in a new, like, a new level of enlightenment mm-hmm. and they're being led by someone who has the vision it's like they're coming into something new where they're putting a lot of stuff they were doing behind, including the crime, including their lifestyle. And now they were living a different, you know, better, more fruitful life. So I, I assume that the mentality also would change, mm-hmm. not just the actions of, you know, being a street dude. But that really kind of made me think like, wow, even even in a movement like that, that's probably – Outside of the Black Panthers, I can't really think of another black movement that was so like profound. And even within that, you got again, they didn't that say they the didn't say 10 aspects. in total. They that said 10 the that was there. That was one of the most disappointing aspects when you see that that mentality never left. So it was support when you think that they were supposed to be more disciplined, their paramilitary training, you yeah. know, the way everything that the, they changed their whole lifestyles and diets, everything, everything. You, you think that these men ha- would have a level of discipline that was, you know, that was stellar, but mm. they it were was, just that, that threw me you know, the, that the, was, that was something that, that stood know, out to me. Like when I saw that part, I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. So that let me know, like, Malcolm himself was doomed. So even if he didn't die that night, he didn't really have a chance, you know. And, you know, that goes back to what I was saying before, like how his whole physical, like, Everything, like his whole vibe changed. Yeah. His yeah, body language he, he, changed. He knew he was defeated. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it almost reminded me of when, you know, right before rappers get killed and they always say that they know it's coming and they always have that sense that their, their time is limited. And they said the same thing, you know, with Malcolm. He just, he knew 
when, mm. you know, when he was coming to his last, you know, his last days. And it's just so unfortunate that amongst our brothers, it's just like when they start to get to a certain level, it's like the hood or the community. We just don't want to see our brothers grow. And that's, is, you know, is really, really mm. disappointing where it's like, you know, they said, you know, Malcolm, you know, wanted the spotlight and, you know, he liked the camera too much. And that was one of, you know, one of his problems and um, the jealousy with Elijah Muhammad's son, but junior and, you know, everybody, there's so much envy and jealousy and we just can't say, yo, we're proud of that brother and just watch them blossom and watch them grow. And then, like I said, with the same thing with Snoop, when, you know, he's, you know, apologizing because he's realizing that he, you know, he mishandled the situation. Mm -hmm. The community turned on him and, well, they didn't turn on him, but they expressed, you know, they were really angered and outraged mm -hmm. that because they want him to be that disrespectful Snoop that, you know, that they've grown accustomed to. So when a brother starts to change and grow and, you know, get to a certain point, why is that an issue? Like, why I, I think that's just life. I, I don't think there's ever in any situation a totally positive kind of situation where everybody's happy for you and everybody's like, yeah, go ahead, bro, do your thing. Like, that's never the case. Like, ever. Yeah, that's the, the crabs in the barrel mentality. Why? Yeah, but I don't why think do you... it's like that for anybody. I, I don't think if, if you looked at, you know, let's say it's a white person or some other ethnicity, I don't think they have 100% total support of whoever they're... Well, I wouldn't necessarily... I wouldn't say 100, 100% support. Mm -hmm. However, you know what I mean? We We need more support. We need to be more supportive of each other than we actually are. I agree with more that. More than anybody else. That is a total fact. You know, so why, so why, what is the struggle? Because with, of what you just said. We, we need it because we're in a situation already, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of guys who would see, rest in peace, pop smoke, by the way, but where we would see another person who, when we look at them, we're like, oh, he's regular like me, but he's getting to it. Mm -hmm. A lot of dudes within themselves can't feel that sense of like, yo, well, right now I'm not getting to it, but at least somebody who looks like me is getting to it. So, you know, God bless them. Mm -hmm. A lot of dudes, instead of thinking that thought, they think the opposite. We're just like, yo, this dude's a bozo. He can't even rap. He just got a <laughs> different voice. How's he getting to millions? Like dudes think like that. Like for real. Meanwhile, I'm in my crib, like the mad rapper on that, on that Diddy skit. Uh -huh. He's like, you know what I'm saying? This dude got, he got, you know, chicks swimming in a, in a, in, a, in his living room, and you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, that's why, how like, people like, why, think. Like, why we are so hateful, and that was so because you ain't got nothing. That was so disappointing, and then the nonchalant attitude of the nation of Islam—they mm -hmm. were just so nonchalant. And um, about about which part? About about everything. About what was happening. About who killed him, and and the pl and the the plot behind it. They were just very, very. Well, I mean, they they can't really have a different stance, right? Like you can't expect them to say, especially since Elijah Muhammad died, you can't expect for the because you remember that's also a generational thing. Like these dudes are from a certain era; mm -hmm. they're never gonna speak out against their era to any other younger era. 
like they're not gonna say, well, yeah, like you know, these dudes I grew up with was scumbags for real, and this is what happened. Like, you can't expect that either. They they have this thing like older people have it. Even if they're dead wrong, they're not gonna admit that to you. Mm-hmm. They might admit that among themselves, mm-hmm. but they're not gonna say, you know, Kimmy, X Y Z. Nah. But that but isn't that part of the responsibility of our elders is to say, you know what, we mishandled this in mm-hmm. our generation. Yeah. So going forward, you know, especially for the success of the 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 nation of Islam, that we should, you know, just handle things differently now. Mm-hmm. So it's like now this docuseries came out. The truth is out there now. Everybody knows. So it's, I mean, the truth been out actually. You know, I but think... it's, it's in a more, you know, comprehensive way. So now, yeah. you know, every everybody can see as clear as you know as day because a lot of people still believe that it was the CIA that was that was behind it. And now we can see it was just like you know, no, it wasn't. You know, so. yeah, I mean. The so, whole thing is, it's kind of sad, man. Yeah. Cause I'm telling you, if, if you, if you looked at it from a textbook perspective and you, and you read who Malcolm X was, you get one sense of who he was because they speak on him about his bravery and, you know, how strong he was. Mm-hmm. And those things are all true. But when you actually see like that last year of his life, mm-hmm. That that really kind of like made me feel like man like it's it's rough you yeah. know and then and then you see um, where uh, Salmage here when he starts to do his interviews from prison and he starts to open up and he talks and he talks about the seed planting that Elijah Muhammad was doing to mm-hmm. actually you know indirectly call out. The, to call out the hit. Do you think that um, a lot of that still happens, like in our community, like we just plant seeds out there and, you know, when we want to account? Well, I, before I answer that, I think one other thing. See, it's one thing to plant a seed. It's another thing to mobilize people to go do a hit. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a disconnect there. I think... People just assume that Elijah Muhammad, he planted the seed so everybody's listening. So that seed now will sprout and grow into something just because he said, I'm planting the seed. Mm -hmm. But there had to be a coordinated effort to do it the way they did it. So there's more to it than just him planting a seed. My thing is, okay, I can agree that Elijah Muhammad had a lot to do with him dying. Mm -hmm. What I want to know is the steps that led to it. Was it just him planting a seed and then someone just standing up and saying, well, you know what? Our leader planted the seed. Here's what I'm going to do. Because what I also know is Elijah Muhammad is very methodical. Mm -hmm. So if he planted a seed and let's say Isaac jumps up and says, you know what? I'm going to grab three guys and we're going to go kill them. The Elijah Muhammad I read about would still like to know 
what's your plan on how you're going to kill him? Because it also has to make sense to me. You can't just do it however. But but maybe they just didn't tell him. Maybe they just conspired, uh, you know, plotted amongst them, them, you know, amongst them five. And that was it. Because that's pretty much what I don't Hare, I don't see Elijah Hare, Muhammad being the leader of. No, 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 no. He didn't. He planted the seed also with Junior was saying that with the comment that Junior made that his tongue should have been sent in an envelope to Chicago a long time ago. So once you're talking to your peoples and then maybe they just wanted to look like the heroes. It's like, okay, these, they're planting the seeds, Junior, Elijah Muhammad. Now I'm going to get me and my crew. We're going to, um, we're going to organize it amongst ourselves and now we're gonna, you know, carry it out, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna be. So you the don't heroes. think you don't think Elijah Muhammad cared how he got hit or anything. He's just like, as long as he's gone, I'm good. Right. You know what I mean? It was just like, yeah, that that's pretty much it. I don't. You see know that. what I mean? I think I think Elijah Muhammad is or was way more calculated than that. But that's what. But in the the, the wiretaps where he was saying that you know the heads had to be cut off from the mm-hmm. hypocrites. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now he's he's making it clear that he wanted Malcolm gone. Correct. And we agree right there. Yeah. So now he may have had his ideas, but he he's not going to tell, well, okay, this is the way I need you to do it. Doesn't matter. He's just planting a seed that this is what he wants done. So now really, they took it upon really themselves that, to do it however they wanted to get it done. I mean, just the thought that he wants him dead is an issue. So the how, I guess, doesn't really matter as much. Right. But right. for me, Agreed. it's just, it's sad that he, he didn't say something like, let's just, you know, get him away from us. Like, let's just say mm-hmm. he's no longer a member. So anything he says and does doesn't reflect the nation of Islam. It's just literally you know, Malcolm X on his own. If he had said that, I mean, ain't really much there. Like mm-hmm. that would have been okay. Cause you got to remember too, towards the end. And that, that also comes from his brokenness, man. It was sad at the end. Man. <laughs> like one man went to Mecca, came back and people think it's like he went over there and he, he had this religious experience and whatever. It was all based to me on his weakness at that time. Like he was just trying to reach out for anything strong to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And when he saw what he saw, it made him feel like, damn, like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm tripping. Like maybe I don't need to take this stance against this group of people or that group of people. Maybe I need to just be, you know, inclusive and just get a but, hug but from isn't, everybody. But isn't that something where you have religions that can really just give you the boot, you know? And, and, and I mean, yeah. You know, when you think about it, it's supposed to be about your connection to, you know, to to the divine. But then all of a sudden you do something, whatever it is that they deem that they can just tell you, you know what? You're no longer. But I don't, I don't think they would tell him he couldn't be a Muslim anymore. They were more telling him he couldn't have a leadership role where he spoke to the nation mm-hmm. anymore. Cause he could have just been a Muslim and just, you know, been a regular guy who works at a car dealership who prays five times a day and mm-hmm. he'd have been cool. They were just telling him as a national 
spokesperson for the nation of Islam, that position is no longer offered to you. Like you got to relax. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that, that part too, the, 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 him going to Mecca, him taking a, a different approach, even with, um, Martin Luther King. Like I remember that particular interview where he said, I'm hopeful that, you know, Martin Luther King could forget about the things I said about him and I'll forget the things he said about me. And we could just totally forget those things and move forward and do something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's maturity and that's big, but it also shows you the place he was in, you know, Mm -hmm. like he, to me was reaching out for any, Anything strong, whether it's like a branch or a twig, like just something to stop him from like sinking in the quits quicksand. Like mm-hmm. he was just looking around, like man, like there's really nobody around me to help me, and I need help right now. Like I don't have anything. Like I'm not strong, and that also, I mean, you go from by any means necessary to. Well, let's be a little more inclusive. <laughs> like within a couple months, it's like, bro. Wow, but and, and the the abandonment, and you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't take care of Malcolm, and it, it, even if they would have just said, "Okay, look, we'll pay you, just go away," you know what I mean, and just say, "Okay, we've had enough of you. You're doing too much. Here's some money. Mm-hmm. Go away." That would have been one approach. But it just seems like they weren't taking care of anybody, even the guy, you know, Butler, who took, you know what I mean, who did 20 years, who wasn't even there. You know what I mean? It's like they didn't take care of him and his family or anything. That was also a very, very, you know, disappointing aspect. You have these, you know, men who served, you know, up until the point where they could no longer serve. And you just... But that, that actually makes sense to me because my thing is if I'm going to make you the fall guy, I don't care about you anyway. So why should I take care of your family? Like, I don't care about you. So why should I care about them? Like, mm-hmm. y'all just don't matter to me. So it's consistent is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, it is. Like, but, and, but, to, but when you put it like that, that they, you, you don't care. You know what I mean? They, right. Like, that's the know, real. That, like, that's, 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 it's sad, but it's, yeah, it's the truth. Yeah, like, it's indeed sad. And I think that's why. There's so many people after watching it, they were just, it, it, it takes you on this emotional roller coaster and it's just hard. Like, mm-hmm. I know I couldn't sit there and watch all episodes all at once. It was just like, there was some, mm-hmm. yo. Moments. I watched the first two, <laughs> then I got tired. If, if I watched it on a day I was off, I probably would have watched all six, but I watched the first two, then the next four. But, yeah. um, it was like, the whole time I was really watching him. Because, like I said, I knew the facts already. Mm-hmm. So that part and the actual, like I was telling you, the person who fired the shot to me doesn't really matter as much to yeah, me. Yeah, I don't think that matters either. Right. Like, who actually fired the shot that took his life, like made him take his last last breath doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. It's just about the entire conspiracy of it and how that whole thing works and all the key players. That... CIA part is a big part too. And the informants is a big part. And the fact that so many different people mm-hmm. and, and agencies were in tune, like they were paying attention. Question. Do you think William Bradley is actually dead? 
do I think he's actually dead? Yeah. I don't know. I just got the feeling that he wasn't. I just got the feeling that. What? Yeah. That he's being protected by the FBI because remember, Mm -hmm. that's what one of the brothers was saying when he first got to Newark and started asking questions. And they was just like, leave that alone. The minute they called his name and it was just like that brother, he's probably being protected by the state. Mm hmm. So now that, you know, he comes around, he's digging and he's, you know, he's getting close. And just as he's about to get close, he gets the call saying that, you know, Brother Bradley is gone. And it's just like, you know, when you think about, I don't know. when you think about the, 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 the history of this guy mm-hmm. and it's just like, it's possible they may have used him for, you know, other things and, you know, and he's just in witness protection program. No, I think. Okay. When okay, it, just a question. No, nah, it's just to me when when it comes to these agencies and when they use you for a purpose and they get what they want out of you, a lot of times they throw you to the wolves too and they don't really care about you after that. Mm-hmm. I don't think at that point that they cared enough to say, oh, bro, it's getting hot, so come with us. Like, I don't think they care that much. Okay, you think they, if anything, they're probably the ones that killed them? I, I don't. I don't even have a thought on that. I, I didn't even. <laughs> okay. Okay. I didn't even go. Because I, I never went down that rabbit hole you went down just now. In my mind, I never did. I okay. just figured he died and he died and that was it. Because I don't. I don't see them mm-hmm. this far down the road now trying to protect them. Because you got to remember that's generations ago. That's mm-hmm. you know how many CIA directors ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Like, right. So you don't think that maybe they would still be using him because they still think that the Nation of Islam is very, very powerful in our community because mm-hmm. of their, um, you know, their structure. So maybe they still need people who's within the within. Yeah, but if that's the case and that's what they did, then how is he helping them now? No. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't buy into okay. into all that. I mean, okay. I just feel like. The dude really, he's a, he's a whole, there's a lot of hymns in the hood, by the way. <laughs> we ain't going to really talk about that right now. What do you mean? There's a lot of, you know, guys who just. Guys that'll do the bidding of someone else when really it has nothing to do with them and the person could really be a genuine person doing genuine things and. They're just willing to either murder or steal or violate a person just because. And what, they, what is that? What it's just there's a lot of grimy, dirty dudes out here. Why? Because they, they're empty. They don't have anything. They don't. They don't. They're not tethered to anything that's alive. Mm-hmm. So to them, it doesn't matter. You know, like they're just willing to. Like you got your show. Somebody will be willing to talk trash about your show, get your show shut down. And you'd be like, but why? I'm just trying to help people grow. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really that simple. Like, why would you even have a negative thought? I'm just trying to do my thing. Mm-hmm. Some people just, they like to see the world burn, man. <laughs> but that, then, that's but, really but, it. And, 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 I can, and I can dig that. I can definitely dig that. But then when you think that, you know, when you join the nation, then you become a different person. But some people, they're just beyond that. They're just. I think a lot of people want to be down. You see that Mm -hmm. with gangs. Mm 
Uh-huh. Whenever people see something that looks strong and mm-hmm. they feel weak, they feel like they should join something. And in a way, it doesn't matter what they join. They just don't want to be alone mm-hmm. because it's harder when you're alone than when you're walking in a group. Cause like say it's you're, you're one of 10 dudes and you see me and my boy, you be quick to want to fight or want to mm-hmm. do whatever, but let it be two on two. You're going to walk by. Mm-hmm. Dudes feel that, that strength in numbers kind of thing. And it doesn't matter if it's necessarily positive. They just want to be down with something. And, and, and you saw that the decline in the nation began at that point. Because think about it. If it was really that strong and that true, why wouldn't it have grown since then? Why mm. wouldn't the numbers increase even more? Correct. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys, I think in that moment, when they saw the police brutality and Mm -hmm. the conditions in our communities, Mm -hmm. they just wanted to be a part of something that was like great and it looked strong. It looked like these, like when you saw the, 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 um, optics of it, Mm -hmm. these guys were paramilitary. Every every time you saw like the images, they were either training Mm -hmm. or they were marching, but either way they looked strong. And that, that was the image. So for other black men, they're like, yo, I should join that. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. Absolutely beautiful. And then you look at these black men who seemingly were so disciplined and everything like that. It's, it was amazing and it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, Wh- where is that now? I have no idea. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't really know like about the nation now. I mean, I, I know a lot of people who are members, but. Well, not with the nation. I'm just talking about for brothers now to give brothers structure. I don't think it exists. Like right now in our communities, there's a big push for like religion to be that thing, like becoming a whatever. But there, there's no organization right now that a black boy would look at and say, I want to be that, maybe the actual military, maybe? Yeah, no. Okay. I'm <laughs> you just know saying, that. like, no. as an entity, I can't <laughs> think of any one thing. Like, there's there's really nothing I could think of off the top where I'd say, like, oh, yeah, the images are like this and like that, and, you know, you feel like you should go join. Because our brothers are still joining gangs now, you know what I mean? And they're still... You know, mm-hmm. legacy members and, and, you know, their kids is, you know, becoming part of these gangs and, you know. Really? I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. You know, so now why, why? That's odd. Why is that a, a, an appeal? Again, well, it's mean, the you strength. You know, there's people of our generation that mm-hmm. are gang members and then you see, you know, the younger ones as well. You know, they're coming up. Yeah, but how, how that came across to, to my ear was like, if say, um, crip and then my son becomes crip also not by default not necessarily by no default. i'm not saying by default but just period mm-hmm. to me that's like just kind of weird why why is that kind of weird i i just i don't know I, I don't think that that should be a generational thing like that that's really kind of messed up if that is the case you know what i mean because you got to think about what a person's going through at that point to want to join a gang first. Then when you get to a point where you know what you've been through, I'm not talking about 
what you tell people on TV or what you tell people in the streets because mm-hmm. you still got to keep that I'm a crip mentality mm-hmm. around because that's what you are. But you also know the bad side of being a crip. You also know that like 10 of your homeboys are either dead or in jail. Mm-hmm. And there's only really like you and two other dudes who actually made it to a point where you got a job well, and you yeah, got a family. But you do notice that a lot of them, when they speak about their 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 glory days they speak with pride that's a fact you know what i mean so and that was another thing that i noticed in um the documentary when uh he was in the um i guess it was like a like, like a diner or whatever it's like they speak with uh, the old guy yeah they speak with that and then the, the the one that you um you sent me another the the other podcast with professor james small mm-hmm. where he was talking about going through Harlem and he was dropping some names and it was just like of all these old, and it was just like, and then you see, they get all glazed over and they speak of those and how, you know, Harlem used to Harlem heyday and the gangsters that was rolling around there. And you know, low self-esteem. Yeah. It's like, why do they speak about those times with pride? You know, because it's like, again, a lot of dudes can't get to it unless they're in a gang. They can't shine unless they're in a gang. They can't get to money like that unless they're in a gang. They don't have that positive feeling about themselves unless they're with other dudes who are doing the same thing. A lot of dudes can't stand on their own too and say, well, today I'm going out there and I'm getting this and I'm coming back and that's that. And then tomorrow I'm going to do the same thing again. Some dudes got to call their homeboy and be like, yo, what are we doing today? Mm-hmm. Like they don't know any other way. So a lot of dudes are just like that. And you're right. I see a lot of dudes who, when they're talking about things that are worthless, they speak with such confidence and they're so excited. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> what? Like, and, but if now, if that's how they're speaking about, you know, you know, those days. And then of course, now when you have your sons, this is what they're coming up and this is what they going to emulate because this is what you're proud of. I mean, you know, we also see it with the, um, you know, we're in the sound class community when they speak of the Batman era back in the late eighties. It's like every, yeah, they they just get really, really excited about criminal activity. But the funny part is they don't tell you the negative side. They don't tell you that that they had had to do a three year bid and they got cut and, you know what I mean? And at three years, they baby moms moved on and they came home heartbroken and they don't tell you all that. <laughs> you know? And the ones that got deported and all of this you stuff like me? that. And, and those are the heroes. The one that got deported after doing all the time and, you know, but then, then their Sad sons shit. come up and then they wind up doing the exact same thing. So the ones that was, you know, their fathers was, you know, in that bad man era and all, and, and when Harlem was in, hey, in their heyday, those are the ones who's now, in the gangs now and their sons is now. But we glorify that though. Why? On both Why are but, we at this in 20 still even, glorifying that? Even, even the women in our communities, they give a lot of attention to those same dudes. Those are the dudes they want. So it, it's both sides. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the males wanting to emulate what they see. Mm-hmm. And it's the women who see that and feel like, Oh yeah, I can get with him. So on both sides, like it, it, even though it's a, it's a negative that should be viewed as a negative in our communities, we see it as being like, oh yeah, that's kind of dope. Well, 
This was a very, very interesting topic. And you know, and a very good conversation that we had. So we're going to have to wrap this up. Thank you for talking to me, Kent. No worries. And this is Shashetta Kepra, the Intimacy Junkie, and I am signing out from SoulShare. Good night.